What do we say, fam? Welcome to Simplexity, hmm. a little podcast where we take seemingly complex matters and attempt to make them plain and simple. That's the plan for this week as well. And I feel real, real good about it, little partner. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Me too. I do. I do. So summer's coming to an end. I know. Fall. You know what? I'm. I'm be honest with you, Boots. I'm a summer guy, but yeah. I'm looking forward. To, Beck, are you looking? I, I am. You are. She's shocked over there. Oh yeah, I am. I'm looking for. I got some some sweaters. I've been on the J Crew <laughs> yeah. website as of late. Got a couple things in the you hopper. Are you? I do like fall. You are summer guy through and through. Totally, totally. But you, you know. Tan. I know. I, I know. Back, back, back to the tanning booth. <laughs> <laughs> JK, I don't use that tanning booth. Mm-hmm. Only when I have to. You're I like, got psoriasis. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I, it's it's been very hot as of late, and I don't I don't do well in this degree of humidity, and um, and neither does Mike. <laughs> no, Mike doesn't like it. I'm ready for fall too. Yeah. I love fall. I think it's my favorite. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I like summer, but. Yeah. But there's just something about a nice, cool autumn day, walking around with the leaves. Yes, yes. Corn maze. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. We just, we just banged a right. Okay. No, no corn maze. I can't follow you down there, little partner. No? Okay. <laughs> oh, but anyway, okay. Today we're going to get into it. Yeah. What we chatting about. As of recent, um... This is something that you and I briefly chatted about, but I... Um, very briefly. Very briefly. Uh, an author, pastor, speaker. I don't know anything about his bio, so I was just going to start making stuff up. But <laughs> <laughs> many people have heard of uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle. Yeah. He wrote a book called The Power to Change, wherein he outlines these sort of succession principles, if you will, that really do um, statistically, um, psychologically, like when you consider the, the sociology. Wow. <laughs> this is smart. I can already tell. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I'm just going to keep just ologies. Yeah. Um, when you consider somebody that has undergone really seismic personal change, where they were at one place and arrived at another, where they've really experienced rapid sanctification, hmm. um, uh, even you know broken addiction, marital total overhaul in their relationships, in their in their home life, in their disciplines. In his book, Power to Change, really he outlines the succession of stages that one goes through. But there is one that is what he anchors called the how. The okay. how one changes. Not he begins with sort of like the who. That I that oh. that he's going to make the case that change first happens by way of an understood, clear identity. Most certainly being identified as God sees you, not your reputation, labels, past, mistakes, failures, or even successes. But what does God say about you? And he builds from that. One of the, the incredible things is, is in this how, um, I just started to chew on it and really just see the biblical principle found in it. And essentially what he does is, and it's not a play on words, but he says most people never experience winning in their life. 
because they're too busy trying. Hmm. And essentially... Um, How does he define winning as, yeah, as that totally. massive change that you were just describing? Wonderful question. So when you think of you know, Jesus' invitation, come to me, all those that are burdened and heavy laden, take my yoke upon you, upon you, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and when you do yoke to me, you're going to find rest for your soul. That was, you know, Matthew 11. That's a big invitation Jesus is making towards people that are anxious and stressed out, worryful. And a lot of that, the audience and the context that he spoke that in, was people that were trying to win at doing religious things. Really, the audience in that day was not only his disciples, but it was also the Pharisees that kept burdening the backs of their followers with rules and regulations and do this and you'll get that. And it was, it was a load so heavy that they couldn't, so they constantly felt like a failure. Jesus mm -hmm. said, I have a whole nother way of doing this thing called life. Come to me. And I'm going to take off of your back all the burdens that you carry. I'm going to place upon you my yoke. And when you follow me, that's where you're going to start winning. Hmm. When you think of Jesus saying that, you know, for the Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you would have life and life abundantly or life to the full. That's talking about going from strength to strength, triumph to triumph, glory to glory, health to health. Not at all. Did he promise you get to circumvent hardship, trial, tribulation? But what he said is, is that when you follow me and apply my principles and my precepts, you're going to win at the desires of your heart. Why? Because they're going to be his desires. Desires to nurture healthy relationships. Desires to steward your finances well. Desires to keep yourself self-controlled as a byproduct of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. A byproduct is that you don't continue to do the things that you don't want to do. You start doing the things that the Spirit leads you to do. That's winning. Winning by wanting the right things. Absolutely. Well said. Craig says that too many people aren't winning because they're too busy trying. There's a scripture... I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to preach. I'm just going to let it rip, Here Michael. We go. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they're too, they, don't, they don't have time to win because they're too busy losing. <laughs> That's why I well, yeah. and the, and like, the same. well, it's true. <laughs> it because they're losers. <laughs> All no. right, back to preaching. Yes. <laughs> but Paul writes to the church at Corinth, and he says this. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? But only one person gets the prize. Huh. That doesn't sound like a participation trophy to me. Meritocracy. That's the old, uh, who is it? In, um, who's my guys on um, um, Talladega Nights? Oh, I don't know that. Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. If you're not first, you're last. Hmm. That's not really what Paul said, but <laughs> yeah. it was in the arena. Oh, and he said, so run to win. Is what Paul is saying. Paul often used this running language, yeah. this competing language. Lay aside every weight that so easily entangles you and run with endurance. You know, um, he's going to tell Timothy, sort of like man, but he says, run to win. The question then becomes this, that people should ask in the Christian faith, why aren't we winning more? Why aren't we winning? If, if, we're, if we're called to run to win, and Jesus said, follow me, and you will win, and I'm not a name it, claim it, prosperity. I am the furthest thing from that. Actually, I like to talk more about 
the hardship mm-hmm. at times than the than the blessings that some people want to parade through the American gospel. I'm, that's not I'm not that guy. But if Jesus said, "In me, you'll have life and life to the pool, full." <laughs> you are a summer guy. Life in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> just sunbathing and tanning <laughs> that's what paul had in mind yeah yeah and then paul says run to win the question is why aren't we winning are you winning i don't feel like it right now <laughs> that's not a that's not a setup yeah but tell me this okay don't you hear a lot of believers this isn't a setup either okay that when, when you ask them about their walk mm-hmm. or their spiritual disciplines or the things that they know they should do, oftentimes they'll use the vernacular, well, I'm trying. Mm. I'm mm-hmm. trying. I'm trying to read my Bible more or I'm trying to spend more time in prayer. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not. I'm not don't hear me be condescending or, or cynical. Yeah. Maybe just a little bit. Or, but you're, what you're saying is the way in which it's communicated mm-hmm. undertones a degree of, but I'm actually failing. Yeah. I'm trying, but I am failing currently. Absolutely. It's to show good effort, but it's also to justify poor results. The intention. Ooh. Uh, uh, Say it again. I just came up with that. That was hot off the press. <laughs> and, and Beck says, sometimes I'm slowing down. No, I'm not. I didn't say that. She's an old steel trap up there. <laughs> I just said you're old. <laughs> so people say, I'm trying. I'm trying to have more patience with my kids. I'm trying to nurture a healthy marriage. I'm, I'm trying to um, be more regular in my church attendance. I'm trying. The problem with trying is is that it communicates many times an insufficient mentality. And so Grishel just makes this point. This is the point. He says, we need to stop trying and start training. Mm. Therein lies a whole seismic shift of mentality, of heart, of expectations, of perspective. More Christians need to stop trying and start training it is a it's a game changer because scripture never commends trying what scripture is very clear about is training and so so are you wondering anything i'm i'm wondering (laughs) are you a mind reader (laughs) oh well the the natural question is what's the distinction Mm. because they sound very similar totally to the untrained ear absolutely so so trying is a half-hearted commitment expecting minimal results. Hmm. I, I, I'm not like, like, like when people go, I'm trying to go to the gym more. Mm, it's just half-hearted. Hmm. Uh, no, no slight, but let's call it for what it is. It's just half-hearted. I'm trying to eat better. No, you're not. I'm going to try not to eat more sweets this week. Eh, you're putting on 12 more pounds. I'm trying not to. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. It's a half-hearted commitment. Let's be honest. Every time, hey, when somebody says to me, hey, are you coming to this group gathering? I'm going to try. When I, hey. <laughs> you're not going. That is a very kind way of saying, no way, Jose. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not, that's a I'm good not coming. 
No, yeah. That's, that's actually a good now point. Now you get an invite nowhere. <laughs> Try to go. But please don't stop inviting. There's a good party. Depending on the menu, <laughs> I'll be there. But trying is really a half-hearted commitment, really expecting minimal results. I'm not going to give a whole lot because I don't expect a whole lot. Training, on the other hand, is a full-hearted commitment, expecting specific results. I'm training this week, whether it be in the gym. I'm training my tongue. I'm training my eating habits. I'm training in my prayer time. I'm training in my quiet time. I'm training my character. That is a wholehearted commitment, expecting really specific results, expecting results that are going to be visible and tangible. Check this out. I want to read you this portion of scripture found in Corinthians. Okay. And it's, it's Paul's continuation of this run to win. In antiquity, actually, the Olympics were rooted, founded in Greece. They then got refined in Corinth. But there was every four years were the Olympics. Every two years was a more sort of local, regional set of games in the same with the same options and arena called the Isthmian Games. Mm. And so in the Isthmian Games and even in the Olympics, the, the competitions would range from chariot racing, wrestling, boxing, running, even in antiquity, there would be poetry. Whoa. Yes. You would compete in, in how you could spit your bars. That, that, would be my, that would be my jam. Yeah. How would they rank that or rate I, it? I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, that's where the history lesson ends, unfortunately. <laughs> right, right. Save that's your all questions I got for you, for you little professor. partner. But when it came to the training, so let's talk about the training of whether it be the Isman Games or the Olympics, training would start 10 months prior to the forthcoming games. The wrestlers, they would wrestle, historian show, and I can back this up, that they would wrestle. Bulls, individuals, horses, some would even wrestle lions. All in the attempt to train. And that's training for the Is that not the most rigorous, intense? So that means, I mean, there's a good chance you would die during your training. That's how intense and wholehearted commitment they would give to their training. When it came to the runners, check this out. The runners, they would purge themselves from all alcohol, no wine no fermented drink. Second, no junk food. They, the strictest of diet. And when they would run, they would run in both the extreme heat and extreme cold. Mm. I don't know how they would find it. I mean, you only got 10 months, so I don't know what the climate is over in, you know, you know, Western Europe, but, but nevertheless, the runners, they would run nude. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so as I have no restriction and to show the purity of their body. Now let that I'm curious what ancient junk food was like, totally. by the way. Yeah. Like like bad hummus. <laughs> <laughs> ancient Doritos. But hey, hey, if you're running nude with a bunch of dudes, I'm going to be out front. Believe that. Out front of what? The whole pack. Like you're going to be leading them? Yeah, I'm not staring at rear ends as I'm sort of <laughs> jogging <laughs> down. I'm bet you're going to be fast, aren't you? 
I guess so. I get m- Think my, about it. My head just went to, I'm probably not going to participate in this That's right. Training, That's why we're in the poetry room. Yeah. Drinking chai tea. Spitting rhetoric. Sitting in our sweaters. <laughs> Getting ready for fall. So all of that is a testament. That would be serious, serious. training. So serious now training. listen to what Paul says. This is 1 Corinthians 9. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. Like those wreaths reefs and those leaves. I mean, that's all they would, it would wither. <laughs> they didn't even have gold back then. No. But we do it. We do it, Paul says, for an eternal prize. So I run to win, and I run with purpose in every step. Hmm. I'm not just shadow boxing, Paul says. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Hmm. Did you love that? Yeah. Paul said, I'm not trying. I'm training. And I train my body, my person, my character. I train so that it will do what God has called it to do. I think that is a seismic shift from the American westernized culture in which we just think I get points for trying. I think the Apostle Paul would slap me to sleep. He'd be like, listen, man, you don't get it. To run to win requires training, not trying. This is why he writes to Timothy and he says this. Instead, this is Timothy 4. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Mm. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. I love that. I love the the dangling carrot, the incentive, the, the promise of it just doesn't benefit you on this side of glory. It benefits you in eternity. So train yourself for godliness. And I I just think, man, this has been a game changer for me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm telling Ruth all the time now when when she's yelling at me. I go, I'm training. I'm (laughs) training. What what context does this happen? Um, Typically when... um, I'm not eating what I should. Ah. Mm-hmm. Ruth is Ruth is Ruth is my Holy Spirit in that regard. <laughs> she 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 she's lurking in the shadows somewhere. <laughs> I'm up in that cabinet trying to, to simmer down the crinkle of that Oreos. Something. I'm so glad now that you can peel that top off because now I just keep it peeled back. So I just got to reach up. <laughs> Very sneaky. One motion. Get back on track. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But like I, no, Ruth and I have really, we've had incredible conversations about really training, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I talked about this, you know, uh, uh, earlier in season. Yeah. Dose. Yeah. Was it Where we talked about goals, but this has given me a whole nother perspective on really um, my time with the Lord my time listening to some of my favorite pastors, my time spending in his word of just seeing it as training, not trying so that I can check a box or feel good about minimal efforts, but really expecting specific results when I give a wholehearted commitment 
to, as Paul said, train yourself for godliness, knowing, man, this is going to breed eternal rewards. Yeah. So maybe aside from the intensity that you unpacked with, you know, those who would wrestle bulls or totally. horses or lions or whatnot, and that's an intense training. Absolutely. Um, what does... What does training specifically look like, mm -hmm. I suppose? Because you said it was a game changer. What, when the game changed, what began happening that wasn't happening before? Yeah. So <clears throat> have you ever noticed when you go to the gym, like there's some people that are really, really excited to be there. Like they come in, man, and, and there's, there's, there's one squad that comes in, man. They're, they're almost mad. Oh. <laughs> Like, or they're just, they're dragging. Mm -hmm. Like I'll mm -hmm. watch, like if I get to the gym really early in the morning and I, I'm not slighting non-morning people. I'm talking about there, even in the morning or in the afternoon, I'll see some people come in and they are working to get that gear, to get them engaged. They know they should be there and God bless them for getting there, but they just can't get their head into it mm -hmm. until those endorphins kick in. Then they leave a completely different person than they than they came. That's that's yeah. that's me just people watching. So so that's yeah, that's you're, not, you're just like sitting there on the bench, like <laughs> pretending hey, to on my phone, <laughs> just watching, just judging like, people. <laughs> then you have those that 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 are there. I mean, they are bright eyed and bushy tailed. They are like, let's get it, man. And they they don't miss a beat. They come in, AirPods go in. They're on the treadmill. They break a sweat. They move right to the weights. It's like they enjoy the training. Mm -hmm. they, they are there for that. And they stare at themselves a lot in the mirror. Why? Because they're checking out their specific results. Mm -hmm. I, I love it. I think that one thing about training that helps you really get practical is you got to have the stuff to train with. Like, like the gear, like you can't say I want to grow stronger without weights, unless you're a body weight person, but people that train, they know I got to have the right shoes. I got to have the right, you know, old Ash has all Lululemon. <laughs> I mean, this kid is like walking around, like in $5,000 worth of clothes. It's incredible. He looks great and he looks fit. Actually, I do think those clothes make you look better. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> However, but when it comes to training, you got to have the gear. So for, for us that are going to train ourselves in godliness, I would say that the gear is three things. Number one, you got to have the word of God. You got to have the spirit of God and you have to have the people of God. Hmm. Like if I'm going to train in godliness, my gear is I got to, I got to be in his word. Why? Cause it's the truth that the Holy Spirit works in concert with that trains me for godliness. That makes sense? It does. You gave the analogy of equipment, and I'm thinking about it kind of like someone who they want to train, but they don't understand how to use the equipment. Mm. And so then you get frustrated or it's a foregone conclusion mm -hmm. again, and it's like, well, I don't even know how to use this. You know, I don't even know how to read the Bible. I can't do it, so I'm not going to try. Yeah. So it's it's learning how to use that That's equipment really good. You're so right. that you can properly train. Because Amen. there's no there's no good in walking into the gym and, and grabbing a pulley and swinging it around. And it's like, I guess I trained. You know, some people crack open like, the Bible. And like, have you ever seen, like, the, the, the memes yeah. about Planet Fitness? Like, the guy walks into the gym. That's where I go. Hang on. <laughs> 
hey, hey, I got a membership there. Okay. Yeah. Haven't utilized it as of late. <laughs> I'm over at the Y now. You're too good oh. for me. Yeah. That was a condescending <laughs> laugh. I know. But I'm, I'm going. I'm going with the... Uh, just a different squad of people now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry to derail, though. So, so you have the word of God, and I think you make a great point that you got to know how to use it. But I would say this for the novice or for the advanced: when you read it, see it as God's word for training. Hmm. That God is, is, is He wants His children to train themselves for godliness. This is why He gave us His word. So that we would, not just a love letter, that we would see his heart towards us, but then his heart so much that he gave us the practical precepts to apply to realize the win that he has in store. Come on, somebody. But then, this is why he places the Holy Spirit within us. Let me just say this is going to be a blunt statement, and, and, and I just want us to think of it through this lens. God, Jesus said, it's better that I go. This is talking about his ascension after his resurrection. It's better that I go. Why? So that I can send to you the counselor, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit. So I can send to you the counselor that he can be with every one of my children for the purpose of training, Hmm. of training. The Holy Spirit was given to us by God to train us. A personal trainer. Personal trainer. <laughs> personal trainer. So, so you know the portion of Scripture in Hebrews where it says God disciplines those who he loves. Yep. Well, the uh, back, I believe it was the New Revised Standard Version. That would be the translation. I want to read it to you where they said it a little different. And I like okay. the way they said it. <clears throat> the Lord trains those he loves. Mm. He punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Put up with the hard times. God uses them to train you. He is treating you as children. What children are not trained by their parents? God trains all of his children, but what if he doesn't train you? Then you're like children of people who weren't married to each other, You are not truly God's children. Besides, we've all had human parents who trained us. We respected them for for it, or at least we should. I didn't. I didn't respect my parents in the moment Mm -hmm. that they were trained. Did you? Yeah. No, you did not. (laughs) (laughs) I was a respectful one. They didn't train you not to be a liar. Uh oh. (laughs) Watch this. How can? How much more? should we be trained by the father of our spirits and live our parents trained us for a little while they did what they thought was best but god trains us for our good he wants us to share in his holiness no training seems pleasant at the time in fact it seems painful but later on it produces a harvest of godliness and peace it does that for those who have been trained by it there's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to try. He wants you to train. Mm-hmm. He wants you to grow in godliness. I want to speak to my brothers and sisters just so you know. God gave his spirit to you to train you. It's, it's a really beautiful. I don't know if it's as impactful to you as it is to me, but this has been a game changer. Yeah. 
Beck doesn't seem really interested. <laughs> <laughs> She's heard this before. Yeah. Okay, but then you got the people of God. Mm-hmm. People of God shape and reprove and rebuke and at times tell you that you need to train harder. You need to give more hearted commitment. But that's why we come to church on Sunday. That's mm-hmm. why we surround ourselves with believers. That's why we foster relationships. Why? Because the people of God are part of the gear. Yeah. Well, really, the people of God are just an extension of the first two. Absolutely. Because the people of God are going to employ and encourage and rebuke by using the Word of God. And 100%. they're also hopefully walking in the Spirit, and so they can hear His still, small voice and speak life into you. And so it's just kind of this... Uh, we're all at the gym together. <laughs> the, <laughs> the gym of life. The, yeah. Well, we don't go there. It's too expensive. <laughs> Lifetime is a little too bougie. <laughs> so you got to have the gear. And then, and then lastly, I would just simply say, I think with any training regiment, you have to have a game plan. Hmm. There has to be an intentionality of, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to train. I'm going to train with God. I want to I wanna be in his word. I want to memorize this these scriptures through the month of September. I want to make it a point that I'm not trying to go to church. I am going to church. I'm going to train. I am not trying to pray. I am training to pray more. Um, But there's got to be a game plan. There's got to be a a calendar. There's got to be a time. There's got to be an intentional organization to say, this is when I train. People that train for the Olympics, the Isthmian Games, or any other competition for that matter, it's not, well, when it's convenient, I'll train. Mm -hmm. No, it's, I'm going to orient my life around my training. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to seeing Jesus face to face one day, I've just really thought, I don't, I don't, I don't want to leave my growth to happenstance. I want it to be intentional. And I think it's, it's our, it's our reasonable act of worship. Mm-hmm. As Paul writes to the church at Rome, he said, you know, I beseech you, brothers, by the authority that God has given me, he said, to give and present your bodies a living sacrifice. He said, by the mercy that God has shown you, present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable act of worship. Mm-hmm. Meaning... This is sort of, this is baseline yeah, here. Yeah. That's, that's, We're not talking anything crazy. Yeah. This is pretty reasonable. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> he gave his all for you. Yeah. He wants you to reciprocate. Sometimes that can sound abstract. What does it mean to give my body as a living sacrifice? I think in, in practical terms, it means go to training. Go train yourself for godliness because he gave his all yeah. for your salvation. Train now. And as a byproduct, life becomes all the more rich. Mm-hmm. But you got to have a game plan. Okay. All right. So, as, <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining. Bye. Um, so, as we, thanks for coming. As we wrap this episode up, this is a quick one. Mm-hmm. Quick episode. You, I don't want to overwhelm them. That's it's true. Just TED Talk. We got to get, just yeah, a, this is a little TED Talk. This, just a juice cup. Um, so, you know, I think you make a good point that first step of training is probably to form a game plan as someone is starting to 
maybe formulate their own game plan. Uh, any tips or suggestions on how to do that, like certain areas to keep in mind or what kind of discipline to incorporate? Let's say we're starting from scratch. What does it look like? That could be a little overwhelming. Yeah. I think a wonderful place to start is to pick one area in your life that you feel like God is calling you. Mm. One. Okay. One. Remember now, we're in a marathon, we're not in a sprint, meaning we got a lifetime of change. Some of us got, you know, we, 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 we all got baggage to a degree. Some little wheelbarrow full, some whole, the extra long U-Haul truck full. Okay? I don't judge. <laughs> I ain't hating. However, we all have areas of refinement and growth. Pick the one that you feel like the Holy Spirit has put his finger on over the course of time mm -hmm. that you've thought uh, or you've tried mm -hmm. to change. Mm -hmm. I'd say train in that area, yeah. train for godliness. So that specific area then will require that specific game plan. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I'll leave friend. it there. Yeah. And I'm going to leave it there as well. See, this, this, uh, this, this summer shirt's getting ready to go back in the summer, Ben. Yeah, we're going to need to move to our fall attire pretty soon here. Going down into the basement. Yeah. <laughs> here it comes. Here it comes. Okay, well, we certainly appreciate those of you who are watching and or listening right now. Go ahead and follow us if you don't already. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple, at uh, Simplexity Podcast on Instagram. Uh, if you do follow us, thank you, first of all. But second of all, leave us a little rating and review, perhaps. Mm. Some light reading material that we could uh, check out while we're at the gym. Encouraging. <laughs> Only if it's encouraging. Yeah, especially if it's encouraging. Yeah. Uh, but we thank you guys so much for tuning in. Love you guys. Oh.